Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Welcome, Saskatchewan, inside the sports cage on this Wednesday. Barney Shinkerup with you today for the next three hours. Going to introduce my co-host in a moment here. But the sports cage on Wednesdays is for Conexus Art Center. Hey, get ready for a taste of fun at 2024's Taste of Spring, April 19th and 20th at the Conexus Art Center. With 150 products all under one roof. See you at the center. All right. It's been a, f- a week and a bit since I've been rocking the sports cage here. They said, hey, we need you Wednesday. Can you go Wednesday? I'm like, ah, I think I can go Wednesday. They said, can you go Friday from the Brant Center? First day of the Briar? I said, I can definitely go Friday. First day at the Brant Center for the Briar. But then I'm like, who am I going to bring in to co-host on this Wednesday? Sharky's traveling, allegedly. Craig Adams, busy selling houses. Kyle McIntyre, off. Who else have I had? Rod Houck, he's teaching. Teacher's got a tough gig right now. So then I go, who's one of the most knowledgeable slash witty slash, does witty and smart Alec or smart, you know, the other word fall into the same thing. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot this guy message and see if he'll come on. And he said, the only day I can go is Wednesday. Ladies and gentlemen, Sports Cage co-hosting today, first time ever, inaugural, Kellen Enslev. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> Little nervous? Not yeah. nervous? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it would be rude not to open with, uh, if you would have told me, I'd be co-hosting the sports cage. Uh, no, it's it's great to be back. Obviously, uh, if I s- spun the calendar back to 2014-15, yeah. I used to be in regularly in the morning with uh, CKRM and my and yeah wolf promoting the pat so it's uh it's cool to be back yeah so people might remember kellen was with the regina pats kind of a jack of all trade for a lot of years he's from down east originally then he moved back east home home you know tugged him back then he moved back to saskatchewan how long have you been, been back now a couple of years yeah i rolled back in uh, august of 2022 it's right so, after yeah, covid yeah this sort of it was time. Uh, Saskatchewan wasn't in COVID anymore. Ontario was. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> you know what? It's it's time to get back. I, I missed being here. People thought I was crazy, but uh, I came here, hit the ground running, got back into into local sport. And, yeah. Uh, let's 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 great. go there. What did what? Because you're back into the sports thing. You're not with the patch. You're not in hockey, but you're with uh, football. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm a, I'm responsible for competitions and partnerships with Saskatchewan Soccer, uh, which is our provincial sport organization for soccer. Yeah, uh, It's been a really cool experience. Obviously, I had no past experience in the soccer world at all, but 
Uh, they brought me in with the uniqueness of coming from other sport competition. Uh, and it's been a, a super fun two years. We're right in the heat of it right now. And as you uh, noted, you know, Wednesday being the only available day, we're, we're in a week here between SAS Cup Provincial Championship mm-hmm. Soccer last weekend and Futsal this weekend, which is like gymnasium soccer at the Havana Courts here in Regina. So uh, caught me on an off day here before I go back into right action on. tomorrow. So excited to be here. Right on. We got a lot to get to today. It's going to be a fantastic show. Briar coming up, like I said, starts Friday. And I know we've been giving away tickets now for the last week. I was down in Mexico for the break with the kids and the wife last week. They're giving away tickets. We're hyping this up. We do have tickets to give away today. There are two tickets for draw number 11. That is on Tuesday, March 5th at 2 p.m. at the Brandt Center here in Regina. So who's playing that day? Well, luckily, Nick in uh, experiences, Nick Kashmar beautifully wrote up this little paper for me. Saskatchewan versus Alberta. And the skip for Saskatchewan is Sluchinsky. Good, good name there. Probably a good Ukrainian boy. Canada's versus Nunavut. Alberta. Kokui is up against Nova Scotia and PEI Quebec. So that's draw 11 Tuesday. We're going to give away those tickets throughout the show. Capital Ford text line 936-6262, 306-936-6262. I know McGuire and the fellas have been doing trivia, and I was like, ah, what darts did Ed Wernick roll when he was, I was like, no, I can't go there. Something about Rick Folk, maybe old school. I'm like, nah, I can't go there. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just get people to text in that want to go. And why do you want to go? Because I remember when my dad was alive, he would travel everywhere to watch curling. So if it was a provincial tankard in Assiniboia, Swift Current, who knows where. He was there. He stayed in the, the cheapest motels. Loved it. Uh, the Scotties. So there are people that want to go watch this. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be packed. So why do you want the tickets to draw 11 on Tuesday, March 5th? Maybe you want to take your mom. Maybe you want to take your son. Maybe you want to take your daughter, girlfriend, wife, Baba, Guido, Kukums, Mushums, whatever. Why do you want to go to draw 11 Tuesday, March 11th? Throughout, throughout the program, send us a text, 306-936-6262. And we will pick one of those later, and you'll be going to draw 11. Also, Kellen, we're going to start here. We're going to start with hockey. We're going to talk to Dante DeCaria in a bit. Regina Pat starting their U.S. road trip. Not the way they wanted to start, obviously. They're 0-3, really laid an egg last night against Seattle. Dante is going to talk about that. We have, later this hour, the dugout baseball facility. Have you been in there? I have. Uh, it's it's inside the same Havana court, so yeah. not specifically in where the turf is, but over beside is the court. So I, yeah. I saw it right before the evaluation started for Baseball Regina. It's really cool facility. So if you don't know what we're talking about, it's an indoor baseball training facility. We're going to have one of the owners, Trevor Weir, hop on with us at about 3.40 to talk about this new facility in Regina. Hour two... We're going to go back to what we've been talking about, the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to be joined by someone new this time, though. Kenny Weeb. Ken Weeb, former U of R Cougar men's hockey team 
all-star. He wasn't an all-star, but I love that I say that. Ken Weeb works for the Winnipeg Free Press. He's actually in the air right now on the way to Dallas, and he says he's landing a little bit late. So we're going to shift Kenny to hour two, probably the back half of hour two. First part of hour two, I've got to back up here a bit. We're going to be joined by the new owner of Extreme Hockey and Sport. After, I can't remember how many years, Jason Dagelman finally retired and has passed the torch to Donnie Aren and his group. Donnie's going to be in. We're going to talk about what has changed so much, What what's going to stay the same, um, hockey equipment, what they cover. They do a lot more than just hockey equipment there. So we're going to talk to Donnie. That'll be an interesting interview. Hour three. We got Farhan Lalji out in Vancouver. Oh, the Canucks. If you would have told me that the Canucks are where they are right now at the beginning of the year, I would have said, why wouldn't I have put some action on that in Las Vegas? But Farhan, we're going to talk about the Canucks, maybe some CFL in hour three. And then to close things off on the show, where are they now? A guy that you know well, you actually had his number, you gave it to me. Connor Hobbs, former Regina Pat, is going to join us on Where Are They Now? But as we said, let's get started talking about our Regina Pats. They're in the U.S., on the road trip, tough start. They're 0-3. Earlier today, I caught up with the voice of our Regina Pats on the Western Pizza Hotline. Western Pizza, always a great night for all those toppings and all that goodness. The Western Pizza Hotline. Here is Dante DiCaria. All right, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline from down in the United States of America, traveling with the Regina Pats is a voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DiCaria. Dante, where are you located as we speak right now? Well, we're actually still in Kent, Washington, where the Seattle Thunderbirds play, because uh, unfortunately the roads were a little bit, uh, I guess, weary last night, and so we decided uh, to stay the night here in Kent, Washington, and travel to Wenatchee today. So uh, we will be heading to Wenatchee today, but at the time that we record this uh, interview this morning, uh, we're here and still in Kent, Washington. What does that trip look like? How, How short of a distance or how long of a distance? Yeah, you know what? Today, I, I don't think the travel is going to be too bad. It's about two hours and 40 minutes, give or take. Hopefully, the weather's on our side today as we head back towards the interior part of, I guess, the U.S. division. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Pats began their U.S. road trip in Spokane and in Tri-City. So, essentially, they're zigzagging all the way back mm-hmm. to Wenatchee, and then they have to drive all the way back to the coast, going <laughs> up to Portland, Oregon, and then across the coast down towards uh, the Canadian border where they'll play and finish off this road trip against the Everett Silvertips. It's, it's quite an interesting travel schedule, to be quite honest with you, Barney, because, you know, we started, you know, down low in the desert area near the Canadian border, uh, taking on Spokane and, of course, yeah. Tri-City. Then we go straight to Seattle and then down back to Wenatchee and then up to Portland and then down to Everett. So it's, <laughs> it's quite an interesting map, to be honest with you. Why wouldn't an organization blow through a bunch of fuel in this day and age? Um, yeah, so not the start that the Pats wanted to have on this U.S. road trip, dropping the first three. Hey, I was excited. I fell asleep at that first game, um, you know, up to one. I'm like, hey, the, the Pats have something here, but it, it just... It hasn't gone, obviously, as planned. 
Yeah, you know what? I was actually pretty happy with how the Pats played on the first two games of this road trip, to be honest with you, Barney. Last night against... Seattle was one to forget, to be honest with you. I mean, they had a couple of great chances in the first period. The first period in the start of the hockey game wasn't bad, despite trailing 2 nothing. But essentially, you can't give up two shorthanded goals against Seattle. I mean, they were lower than the Pats in the standings, and that was a game that was essentially a must-win game. That was circled on the calendar by the coaching staff as a, as a game that the Pats needed to get two points in, and unfortunately they were unable to do so, and they've got to take on some pretty good teams coming up. When actually their record is up there, if you look at the standings overall, yeah. but they're way under 500 since Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky left the team in early December. I was looking at the numbers today. And, of course, you got Portland and Everett coming up this weekend, uh, two really tough teams, but you know an exciting time to see Parker Berg you know, up against his former team on Saturday. Really looking forward to see Parker because uh, he's somebody who treated me very well and I really enjoyed his time with the Pats and essentially all of his development in which he's had a breakout 20-year-old season was essentially under Brad Haroff and John Paddock here of the Regina Pats. So excited to see him Saturday. But hey, um, you know, it's not over till the fat lady sings, to be honest with you, Barney, until this team is mathematically eliminated by, uh, I guess, out of the playoff contention, uh, they're not going to stop, that's for sure. Now, this is... uh... I guess I don't want to say historic, but this is the first time the Pats travel into Wenatchee to, to, to play this, you know, relocated franchise. I want to, I want to get your take on Kenta Isogai. If that's how you say the name, this kid from Wenatchee, unbelievable from Nagano, Japan. He's played all over. He played in Europe. Then he came over and played in the USHL. And then this is his first year in the WHL after 55 games. He's got 79 points. What do you know about this Japanese phenom, if we can call him? Yeah, to be honest with you, Barney, I don't know a whole lot, but from what I understand, he's got a lot of skill. I've talked to, you know, broadcast colleagues around the uh, the BC division, like Nathan Cantor, who worked with the Regina Pats, and uh, he's told me a lot of really good things about this player. And what a pickup. I mean, this was a guy who was already committed to their BCHL team before they wow. moved up to the Western Hockey League, so he was already going to play in Wenatchee regardless, right? And again, you mentioned his play in the USHL, won a championship with the Youngstown Phantoms in the USHL, so uh, he's somebody who has a lot of pedigree it's going to be interesting to see on you know when he gets that pro contract i expect him to be back as a 20 year old with wenatchee next season he's projected to finish the year with you know around 85 to 90 points maybe even more uh, somebody who has done a great job with the wild organization and what a way to kick stuff you know ki- or kickstart your your way in the western hockey league with a an, an excellent import like him and essentially to, like barney the thing that sticks out to me the most about his story this was a guy that was committed to the Wild organization from the beginning. Whether they, he was playing Junior A or he was playing in the Western Hockey League, it didn't matter. Like You would usually think that you know, if a player commits to the Wild and then all of a sudden they move up to Major Junior, the reason why he would have committed to the BCHL team was because uh, he wanted to go the college route. Well, that wasn't the case with ISO guy. I mean, this is a guy who wanted to play for the Wild organization, whether he lost his college eligibility or not. So to me, that's quite a remarkable story, to be honest with you. Uh, it's it's unreal. And, you know, I haven't covered the dub for a long time, but been around it for a number of years. And I'm trying to, like, rack my brain and, and think of a, a similar situation to this. So that, I'm, I'm really actually curious to, to hear the call tonight and then to maybe circle back and get your take on it. Obviously, it's a one-game eyeball test for you but you know we'll see we'll see how things go um what what do you know about like going into an 
Sochi. What's the facility like? Have you talked to your broad, broadcast colleagues. What are you uh, expecting for this you know, relocated franchise? Yeah, I've been there before. In fact, I worked in the BCHL for the 2019-20 season when ah. I was working for the Power River Kings. So I've been to Wenatchee before. I've been to this facility. In fact, I remember the exact date the last time I was there, which was December 16th. 2019. It was the final game of uh, the uh, the Power River Kings, uh, I guess, BC or Interior BC road trip, and they finished off in Wenatchee. And the one thing that I remember about the crowd there was the fans are really into it, as they are throughout this U.S. division, as we've learned over the course of the last, I guess, three games of it. And I remember just being there and everybody's going nuts and banging on the glass and, and giving it to the players and stuff like that. And it's it's just such a neat atmosphere. The facility, I think, is pretty decent. I, I think the rink is is very nice. The broadcast booth location is very high up. You take an elevator straight up to the top, unlike at the Brand Center where you have to climb up all the stairs to get to the, the press box. So, uh, to be honest with you, it, I think it's a really good facility. Yeah. I think the organization has done a really good job. They've essentially kept all of their, their staff from their Junior A club. Uh, Bliss Littler was the longtime GM and head coach with the Wild. That He stepped down as head coach a couple of years ago, dealing with some health problems and he just became the GM. Uh, Chris Clark, who was previously their head coach, moves over as an assistant coach, um, somebody who I met in the past and is a really smart hockey guy. And uh, they have, uh, you know, Somers, a longtime NHL and AHL head coach. Now, of course, they did, you know, have a little bit of difficulty. They're their franchise up and going. They had a coaching change early on in the season with some with some offsize issues. Um, so, you know, I think this organization is heading in the right direction. They did have to make a couple of tough decisions at the deadline, moving Connor Geeky and Matthew Savoy when the team was one of the the top in the Western Hockey League. I think at the time that they made the trade, they were second or third place in the West. So uh, this is a team that is in a rebuilding stage, but they're still fourth in the West. They still have 30 victories this season, and they're going to be, I guess, a tough task for the Regina Pats. So U.S. road trip, has there been anything that you've attacked as far as uh, food-wise or something fun that we don't get up in Canada that you've had a chance to uh, get out and try? Yeah, I mean, we had an off day on the Sunday here in Seattle, and essentially it was just kind of a, a free day for everybody. So uh, everybody went downtown um, kind of in different groups and stuff like that. I had the opportunity to check out the uh, was it the Woodland Zoo here in Seattle. Uh, that was quite a neat experience for myself. Got the chance to see a grizzly bear up close and personal. Don't want to see it in the wild ever. That yeah. thing is absolutely massive. Uh, so for myself, I had an opportunity to go to the zoo and that's something we don't have in Regina. And uh, <laughs> I'm a nature freak. I love animals, uh, you know, big into that stuff. So that was neat. I know our players had an opportunity to go visit the original Starbucks, uh, go see the wall of gum, uh, went to the Seattle Kraken arena to see that. Oh, yeah. I went to the that big tall tower. I forget what it's called. Um, yeah. What yeah. else did they do? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I went to go see... Yeah, they went to go see all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was a nice opportunity for everybody to just kind of make their way downtown on Sunday and just kind of see everything. It's a beautiful city. I'm just so grateful for this opportunity that we get to come here in the Western Hockey League. So uh, Sunday was a lot of fun. Really have enjoyed my time here in Seattle, but uh, ready to continue this road trip and head to Portland on Friday. I don't know if you've ever tried. Maybe you have. You've been around. But if you get a chance to try a Jersey Mike sub... Mike's way, I think it's number thirteen. Oh, hit that up because uh, Jersey Mike's are few and far between up in Canada. Dante, uh, travel safe today with the boys, and uh, we are recording this this morning. We're playing it this afternoon, and uh, you know, fingers crossed. Like you said, she's not over. Let's hope uh, the Pats can can pull a few out here to end this road trip. 
Yeah, really optimistic, Barney. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to the next couple of games. Right on. Thanks, Dante. All right. Thanks, Barney. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage on this Wednesday for Conexus Arts Centre. Get ready for Taste of Spring, April 19th and 20th at the Conexus Arts Centre. 150 products all under one roof. See you at the centre. Barney Shinkaruk, Kellen Enslev. Is that how you say your last name? It is. Enslev. Riding shotgun today. We talked to Dante, the Regina Pats, in action again tonight. 0-3 on their U.S. road trip. Coming up here in a bit, we're going to talk baseball, or as I call it, hardball. The new facility in Regina. And we're going to talk to uh, one of the owners, Trevor Weir, here momentarily, the dugout. It is called, hey, uh, were you caught in the uh, beautiful Regina traffic this morning? The train, 40 minutes, the train didn't move, people were saying. Uh, I lucked out. Uh, our office is, is thankfully in Mosaic Stadium, so I was able to just come straight down Luluand Drive to get from the north to the central. But yeah, yeah it didn't look fun for those people trying to get uh, east. Well, I come out of the I come out of NOD as well, right? And I, I'm listening. That's the beauty of local radio. By the way, you you can tell the uh, pigeons that are listening to to the satellite radio because they come out of there and they get stuck smack dab in what's going on. Meanwhile, Play 92, Mark Johnson's got it covered. The Wolf guys have it covered, and I'm sure Gloria and Cody in the morning had it covered as well. And I'm like, okay, well, I I better you know, reevaluate how I'm going to tackle this to downtown. But it was lined up all the way to like Louvain going north. It was absolutely crazy. I say that we need a business to just build the overpass and let them brand it for eternity. So Westridge Construction, GB Construction, you get one side, we get the other, and just let that company brand it forever. They will be the saints of the community for eternity. They built the overpass in Regina. Have you ever, coming from the East, when you first, when you came, let's get into this. When you first came here, coming from the East Coast, you're like, hold on here a minute. There's trains that run through this city like all the time, and then it just stopped traffic. Yeah, it's, it's, I would say two things to that. When you talk about the overpass, you know, I don't know how long it took to play, plan that Winnipeg Street construction, but it started when I got here in 2014. <laughs> it was still going when I got back in 2022. How it's a hundred meters from the train crossing. I felt like that was what they were trying to fix the whole time. They didn't. Um, but when you talk about the train through the city, funny enough. Um, I experienced that uh, in my hometown in in Ontario. The train runs right along the street. So I can remember being in high school, taking my mom to work in the morning so I could have a car at school and having the train running alongside me through (laughs) the center of town. So that that didn't catch me as much off guard as you'd think it would. We we had a place in uh, Maricopa, Arizona for years, and that's a massive train line. Like So anyone from Phoenix that would hop on the Amtrak, you'd drive down to Maricopa because that's where the line ran. So these trains <laughs> clip through there so fast, and I was like, and then what did they do? They built a massive overpass, and they built another one. So I'm just saying, I, I, I don't know if it's a GoFundMe, but I think the better thing is to get some businesses involved, let them brand the overpass forever. All right, we're going to go to the Western Pizza Hotline here. 
joining us. We talked about it. We teed it up a bit. Baseball fanatics in Regina, pretty jack these days because the dugout has opened. Joining us on the Western Pizza Live, Trevor Weir. Trevor, are you there, my friend? I am. How are you doing today? You sound you sound like intense or sad. Are you getting ready for the boys' basketball game? Is that what it is? We have a big playoff game tonight. St. <laughs> Bernadette's in action. Who are they playing up against again? Uh, St. Dominic tonight. Yeah, right on. All right, so you're part of the new facility, the dugout here in Regina. First off, if you're giving someone the elevator pitch on, on what it is in, in 30 seconds, what is the dugout? Okay, so yes, we are Regina's newest baseball facility. Um, Our business model for this is basically we just want it to be a community place, a safe place for all these baseball kids, softball kids, kids of all ages to come in, get their reps in, be able to hit some balls, throw some balls, and just hang out with other ball fanatics, like you said. So how many square feet are we talking here? Because I've seen some pictures of it. And yeah. you know, with baseball, and you got the netting and up there. Like, how many square feet are we working? Are you working with? We're we're sitting around eight thousand square feet of turfed area, um, with pitching lanes, hitting lanes, fielding areas, a little bit of uh, fitness space. So a little bit of everything. Trevor, obviously, the excitement of last summer, and you got to be a big part of it uh, with your son and his teammates going to the Little League World Series. Um, how much excitement is there in Regina right now, especially with youth baseball players and the opportunity and just seeing uh, the chance to sort of repeat and, and go back to Williamsport? Yeah, that was a pretty crazy experience. I mean, we were super fortunate to be a part of it, um, just go along for that ride. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's something we watched as kids growing up and never in a million years expected to be, you know, not like know somebody involved in it, but, you know, be there watching your own kid play in it. It was actually unbelievable. Um, yeah, like there, there's a buzz around Regina right now. Um, we're really excited about baseball season. It's just around the corner. And I uh, can't wait to get out on the field with these guys. So how does it work? You know, parents that are out there listening or, or, or baseball players, how does it work? Who do you want in there? And, and how do they, you know, get in touch with you guys? So um, that's just it. Like, we, we are a completely inclusive space. Um, you don't have to be affiliated with any baseball academies, any programs, any certain league to come in and check out our space. Um, you could, we have young kids as young as six, seven years old in there, um, you know, getting ready for the season, just throwing the ball around, getting some reps in hitting, um, up, all the way up to college baseball kids um, home, you know, for the, the break, the family week break, and uh, getting some extra training in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a fastball guy from way back. Are you, are you accommodating to the fastball players too? You know, the female and, and basically in Regina, it's female fastball, but f- you know, fastball players as well? Absolutely. Um, so actually today we've got uh, a whole bunch of the Royal softball girls in there today um, doing some evaluations and some team practices. Um, we've had quite a few softball players in there. We even had like a mixed slow pitch team in there the other night. So yeah, we are uh, open to anybody. Like if you want to throw a ball around, we want you in there. Okay. What about slow pitch guy? Like, you know, 45-year-old guy's getting ready for the season. He's got his SPN national bag, probably a few braces around his knee. Can that guy come in there and take a few cuts? Absolutely. (laughs) We'd love to see those guys in there. Uh, Right, okay. And then open house, right, Friday here? Friday night, 7 o'clock. We're having just a little bit of a grand opening. Open house, come in, drop in, check it out. Um, We're going to have lots of 
giveaways, prizes, um, draws to enter. Um, we just want to show off the space to the community. The dugout, Trevor Weir, right on. All right, get to that basketball game. Thanks for hopping on, and best of luck with this, my friend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Trevor Weir, the dugout on the Western Pizza Hotline. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Kellen and I are going to talk more about overpasses and why the city needs them. You're listening to The Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right. We're back on the sports cage on this Wednesday. Barney Schinker, Kellen Enslev, and my man Alan running the board. On Wednesdays, the sports cage is brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center. Get ready for Taste of Spring, April 19th to 20th at the Conexus Arts Center. 150 products all under one roof. See you at the center. Okay, we talked about it. If you're just starting to drive home or you're just tuning in, two tickets to Draw 11 on the line of the Briar. Draw 11 is Tuesday, March 5th at 2 p.m. You got Saskatchewan taking on Alberta. Capital Ford. Lincoln text line is where we want you to go. 936-6262. I am shocked how many entries we have already. We're not going to do a trivia today. We're thinking about it. And I, you know what? I just want to know why you want to go to draw 11 at the Briar. We're getting some great, um, like I said, entries here. I like Wayne. Wayne's one of the front runners. If I had to say 75 years old, started curling grade four, uh, in uh, how do you say that town's name? I don't want to butcher it. I'm from the north. Um, his dad was uh, the principal two sheet curling rink. Lots of two sheet curling rinks in Saskatchewan. You know, we got other guys saying curled as a kid, haven't been watched any professional curling. Obviously, some people just want to go get buckled at the patch. That's okay too. Has some 016s. We're not here to judge. So, Capital Ford text line. Why do you want to go to draw 11 of the Briar? 936 6262. Are you going to any of the Briar? Uh, it's going to be interesting here because, as I said, we're hosting uh, Futsal Provincials this weekend. And Trevor talking about the open house on Friday. The real district is going to be chaos as usual. Yeah. With Bri- Briar kicking off. Open house at the dugout. <laughs> over, over, under on three people working the parking lot there this weekend. Under. <laughs> uh, if anyone from Real is listening, please, can we get some uh, traffic? I don't want to say cops, maybe just traffic direction out there. It is going to be a busy place. Friday night is when it all starts. I think I, I went to the Briar the last time. It was here. And uh, this, okay, here's, here's a playnow.com. We're going to have Ben Whiting on Friday. We're going to talk about different action that you can put on the Briar. If you don't know what I'm talking about, online gaming, kind of the, the biggest thing in the world nowadays. You can go, you can sprinkle on the Briar. And there are some guys, and we're going to have Malcolm Vanstone and uh, former CKRM guest host, Brandon Basler coming on the show Friday because they 
sprinkle heavy when it comes to curling and what you know so with between ben and those two dgens we're going to be able to talk some nice curling action but that's the one thing i remember when it was here the last time we were playing some sort of gambling game while we were watching and drinking but that just takes any sport to a whole new level absolutely i mean i think there is some Shinko to be played for sure. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know the parameters yet of Shinko, but uh, there's, I think the opportunity exists sitting in the, yeah. in the stands at the Brant Center having a 016 and maybe passing some blue bills up and down the aisle. So here, here let's, let's go confession time on the sports cage right now. It's not sponsored. Maybe it can be. And I know Sean Steffen from the Rusty Shovel probably isn't listening, but he gave me kind of the... In inner maybe a hint to this game when it comes to hockey, and then Kellen and I have been at some minor hockey games. We've played it. Um, I think there was a AAA U eighteen AAA game we played it in. It is. I played it the other night at the senior game in Lumsden, Balcaris and Lumsden. So what the game is? This is going to take any boring hockey game you have to go to to a new level. And I want to say you need rough, you need at least three guys. You could do it with two. If you got three, played it in Balgoni at a senior game, and there was about six guys, and you can do whatever you know denomination you want. Fives, tens, I've even seen it go as twenties. So how the game goes, everybody starts, put in five bucks. And then you figure out who's at the start of the line. So, okay, let's say that guy's new or whatever. So so Kellen, Kellen's got the five bucks. So Alan's put in five. I put in five. Kellen starts with Kellen watching hockey. Every whistle, the money changes hands. So from, from Kellen, it would go to Alan. Another whistle. Alan goes to me. Whoever's holding that money when a goal is scored wins it. And then everybody re-ups. I think it started at, in a, in baseball. It started like spring training baseball. And again, it was Sean Steffen who gave me the idea. And then uh, on the Monday Nooner podcast, we kind of ran with it. I named it Shinko. Obviously, it's like, why wouldn't a guy brand it about his own name? A little bit of pidge move, but that's okay. So it's uh, it's something you can play the next time you have a boring uh, or you just want to make hockey more exciting. So Kellen and I are going to try and figure out a way to do that when it comes to curling here in the Briar starting on Friday. Time to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you the rundown on the night in the WHL. You are listening to the voice of sports in Saskatchewan, the sports cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the sports cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage on Wednesday. For the Conexus Art Center and Taste of Spring. It's already time to start talking about Taste of Spring. Coming up April 19th and 20th, 150 products all under one roof. If you've never been to Taste of Spring, you got to go at least once, take it in, and then you make your own decision if you want it to be a yearly ritual. Kellen Enslev joining here on the program. Okay, so we, we talked to Dante off the start and last night the pats lay an egg lose in seattle a game they needed to win he talked about that you uh brought up something about tuesday night games in seattle it's uh, it's quite the thing yeah i was i was reminiscing 
2017, 20, yeah, 2016, 17. And I'm sure we'll circle back to this later with uh, where are they now, Connor Hobbs. But the league final, 2017, uh, Regina, Seattle, uh, arguably the two best fan bases when the buildings are rocking. Um, and the Showware Center in, in Kent, Washington, uh, home of the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, rock and roll part two. And they come out to the ice to that, and that's their goal song. And that's a good goal song. I don't know about entrance tune. I think the, uh, I don't want to take a shot across the bow here, but I think the education of the fans when they were, when they're coming up to speed there, they just really needed to get people engaged in some level of crowd participation. And so they use it coming out on the ice and, uh, my good friend Phil Andrews, former play-by-play guy of the Pats, um, gave me a bit of historical to it, and, and it sounds like they mostly just think that Portland sucks. So they, you know, they get to the gets to the base, and it's Portland sucks, uh. Portland sucks. But then you get to the league final, you've sort of earned earned the right, and so we heard a lot of Regina sucks in that game three, four, five. There we did. We did win game three, but uh, Matty Barzell and the boys got uh, ripping the pill around in game four and five to come back, and yeah. it was uh, quite an experience. But yeah, Tuesday nights uh, used to be Looney Beers, Looney Dogs, <laughs> and I, I was reading on their website yesterday, it's now twofer, so I don't know what a beer would cost at the showware for a WHL game, but it was two for one last night anyway, so I'm sure the Thunderbird faithful were enjoying the uh, experience that Dante was not that uh, I think Sharky and I talked about it last month when we were doing the sports cage that Regina Seattle series could have been the best hockey I've watched with my eyeballs live all NHL games aside been to a few playoff NHL games but that series was unreal I remember you had Ethan Bear shout out O-Chap he had broken wrist, broken hand, something playing with a cast. And then this, because you, you you just heard about him, right? And especially just before, it's like, oh, what's Seattle got? It's like, oh, they got this Matthew Barzell guy. And Cal Filson was with Seattle, the genius, now with the Chicago Blackhawks from Regina. And he was like, I remember like the year before, he's like, this Barzell kid's like, he's, he's unbelievable. His hockey IQ and what he works on and just his knowledge of the game. <clears throat> then they come in and you got to watch this kid and how he slowed it down. Like he was playing a div three adult safe rec game at 11 o'clock at night. And he's in the WHL final. It, it was so good. Who else was on that? Was Colzar on that team? Yeah, Keegan Colesar. Who was the big defenseman that he got kicked out? Turner Ottenbright. Ottenbright from Yorkton area. Yeah, the garlic the, belt. Yeah. The terriers. Yeah, I have I have nightmares to this station, I'm gonna be honest of, <laughs> of that. <laughs> and then and then the, the goalie that there was no business that the sixteen year old Stan Hot Carl Stankowski. Carl Stankowski, no business winning this series for Seattle. It was unreal. All right, good to reminisce. We might come back on this in a bit. Look at this. We're already an hour down, Kellen. You got fans listening. Now, to people are people are flocking that Kellen Enslev is on the program. It is the Sports Cage. Tickets to give away. Donnie Yaren from Extreme Hockey and Sport coming up on The Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 
All right, welcome back inside the sports cage on this beautiful Wednesday downtown Regina for the Connexus Arts Center. Get ready for Taste of Spring, April 19th and 20th. Tickets, ConnexusArtsCenter.com. Hour two of the program. Still got a lot, lot to come up here. In the bottom half, Kenny Weeb should be landing in Dallas as we speak from the Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us in hour three. Farhan Lalji from TSN. We're going to talk about these Vancouver Canucks. What are they going to do with Pedersen? It doesn't sound like he wants to negotiate. Are they going to trade him? That sounds crazy. And then to end the show, back half style, we're going to go with Connor Hobbs, former Regina Pat, in the Where Are They Now? As you heard Kellen talked about earlier, a little relationship there. He was working for the team when Connor was there, so that should be a lot of fun. And Connor's twirling, playing some senior hockey these days for the Winyard Monarchs. So we're not joined on the Western Pizza Hotline. He came all the way down in studio to join us at 12th and Rose. The new owner of extreme hockey and sport in Regina, Donnie Uren joining us. And after 24 years, Jason Dagelman retires, Donnie, and you and your group have uh, taken over. Yeah, it's really exciting. Thank you for having me today. This is really awesome. So extreme hockey and sport. Let's get, let's just get this off the, you know, off the table. Right off the, you guys do more than hockey. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's the hence the sport part. <laughs> what uh, you know? Give, give us give us a shout on like what, what else you guys do over there. We, we do a, ride, a wide variety of, of sports. There, guy. We have uh, soccer. We have baseball. We have football. We have we dabble in a little bit of lacrosse. We're looking to open up those markets a little bit more and have a little bit more skews running through the store. Yeah, well, but you know, the thing is now as a hockey dad, it's crazy. Like hockey is almost. I can't do twelve. I can't be twelve month hockey dad. There's got to be a break in there like that. I love that June to late August break, but it is around the clock and and it's hockey, hockey, hockey. So it's good to know, right? Football, baseball. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on. Let's talk first off about the cost of we're talking about the cost of everything these days. The cost of playing sports is expensive. The cost of playing hockey is very expensive, but. You guys work with people, you know, because you understand people are on budgets here. 100%. 100%. Yeah, we work with a lot of organizations and a lot of companies that we like to give back to the community, especially now jumping into things with this new ownership and changeover, which Jason has established. We are looking to start a give back program because we know how how cost efficient and how, how expensive everything is, especially not only your fees, but equipment also to follow. So when people come in and, you know, you got those those first time um, hockey parents um, sometimes they're like fairly new to the country right and they're getting their they're getting their kids playing hockey you guys fit them um, head to toe and I've been in there when you guys have done this and you guys aren't going to grease them and say hey I need these like vapor light synergy to the moon skates like you guys you guys understand what's going on because these are going to be a customer hopefully for a long time that's that's what we're establishing here that's the culture and where retail is going and what we want to emphasize with extreme hockey and i and i know there's a lot of other companies that do this is establishing a long-term relationship it's not just coming in and saying we can swipe your credit card for whatever it is we want to make sure they're properly fitted they're in the proper protective and they also come back they feel comfortable coming in the store and talking to the staff and they're comfortable when we call it their home store Th- that's that is one thing, and and I think I'm I was guilty of it. 
a um, couple of years ago, bought Rome something, didn't quite fit him properly. Like, to spend, and, and I get it, hey, go out there, you know, marketplace, and, and there, there's a time and a place for you stuff. But when it comes to, like, protective equipment and things that need to fit right, that's serious, especially when these kids start buzzing the puck the way they do nowadays, or trading paint, body contact, you want to have your kids fitted. 100%. And look at the technology, how it's changed so much. The game is a lot more faster. You exactly nailed it. Uh, there's a lot more things going on on the ice and on different sport activities. So, yes, protective is the number one that we focus on, especially when it comes to fitting for equipment. Connor Bedard, Regina Pats, obviously with the Chicago Blackhawks. Huge news when he comes out and, and signs with Sherwood. And he's, he's using a Sherwood twig. I don't, yeah, Connor Bedard can use whatever he wants. He's more hockey player than anyone here or listening to this program. Um, what has that done for, you know, the Sherwood brand and, and Sherwood sticks? after they signed Connor? Well, it's revamped the whole market. You know, Sherwood's been around in the SGHL for quite some time with a lot of teams, but, you know, I'm an 80s kid and we grew up on Sherwood. Sherwood PMP, it was what we looked forward to under the tree. Um, but, you know, going forward with Sherwood. The worst, the worst street hockey stick, <laughs> though. It is. Because that bottom would never last. It would blow right out. You know what I'm talking about. You yeah. get that within three or four sessions of the street, <laughs> yeah. it's gone. But, you know, Sherwood's always been a great, reputable brand. It's been around for a long time. But, yes, with Connor making that jump overnight to Sherwood, I've never seen such a demand in sticks. We we had a, a very soft order of them. We reordered three times. We could not keep them in the shelves. And obviously, Nylander being a part of that, those two comparisons, and those those this just blew up. It's it's hard to keep up with. You've been in the business, I think you said around 15 years. So Correct. you've seen it. Like 15 years ago, I think I was almost done playing senior. And I remember like, yeah, I was one piece time, but that was like early one piece twigs, right? And you didn't really know what you're using. Too heavy, too <laughs> stiff. Like, um, but I, you know, you go back to the to the two piece where you, you know, you had a, a graphite or even better. You had an aluminum. You had the blade in there. Sticks have come so far and i don't want to say even the last 10 20 years even in the last five years oh every year every year i'm telling you right now the way that the way the stick development's coming the r&d they're putting in all these vendors it's incredible to see what they come out you don't think it can get faster lighter but it's crazy every year they change what is there a stick that you know that that's just coming out or, or just came out that that kind of blows your mind actually there's two and i'm not trying to both use both brands but ccm and bauer have released that the agent and the so actually I'll go back. So the Hyperlite two for Bauer and the Trigger eight for CCM are two of the most revolutionary sticks I've seen on the market since we got back from the two piece. And then on the Monday nooner, right, like we had the um the blackout. Yes. And and we had a chance to kind of partner with you there. And and what this was a one piece stick, very comparable. You said is basically made the same factory as one of the other big brands. And so for the rec player, even the senior guy, but like really the rec player, and, and we started seeing that I use them, like you got these blackout one piece twigs and you're getting in you can get into them for you know 129 bucks. Well, I'm gonna say this from following after that that podcast with yourself and, and partnering with Monday, I'll tell you right now, it blew up. And we see not only just rec players and senior players coming in, we've seen top players coming in and giving this a demo. And I, I say this today and I stand behind it. If we really blacked out three different top models and put that beside it, it'd be very tough for you to decide which one's which. Cut resistance gear. Yes. You know, from um, neck guards. And I think, you know, back in the day, the Clint Malarchuk thing made, made everyone kind of crap their pants back. And then I remember we had to wear them. And then now, like kids, and then what happened, unfortunate situation in the European yes. League. But 
it's not just neck guards like parents and and i think i'm guilty of this because i've wanted to do it you can get your kids in like cut resistant socks baby pants sure everything you got a full base layer of cut resistant now so it doesn't just stop at the neck or the wrists or the or the or the calves it's actually a full body suit now if you need to that's unbelievable um skate sharpening yes yes that is man i i and and no knock you know i used to come in there get my blade sharpened used to go down the road get my blade sharpened and then you got your skates and then you got two kids in hockey maybe one if you got three kids in hockey like now we're talking i i went sparks and you guys you guys carry sparks correct um, but you guys still do your own thing at at extreme skate sharpening the last five years. It's gone kind of crazy. And then you were talking off, you know, when we were at break, there's now even something even more crazy. It's crazy how, how the transition from even the last five years, you're right. You'll never get away from the traditional handheld sharpener. We have a couple great ones in this in, in our in our market. Um Sparks kind of got to the market first with their with their automotive. It is consistent. It's easy to use. It's it's home base. Um, but we partnered up with the company Elite. Elite kind of took over with a little bit more of an AI feature to their to their to their manual sharpener. I'll tell you right now, the the demand for consistency, especially with sharpening, the game is faster. Consistency is everything. It's hard to beat for 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 an automotive. You were saying these NHL teams are using the same. There's close to 15 teams right now that, are, that house the elites, and you can just go on their program and check it out. It has actually started, elite program was started from two trainers in the NHL. So I don't believe machines taking over jobs, but I'll tell you right now, for the demand of consistency and the way this, the, the sharpening and, and service area is going, it's very, like, we have some of the top skaters in our market in Regina right now using the elite. Huh. I, that makes me think because, you know, I, I'm wondering what am I missing? When I when I did that three o'clock Friday skate, is it, is it maybe the sharpening? Is it maybe? The you know, I'm not going to knock it. There's a lot of great sharpening and service going on in the city, but the longer the retention of the hone and the consistency of this sharpening, I'm telling you, Barney, just bring your skates in one time. I'll look after it. You guys are big on the partnership thing too, right? Yes. You talked about serving, uh, you know, clients and and having clients for life when they come in, but you guys have some really big sponsorships with groups in in Regina and area. Yeah, we're believing with one of the, a lot of our sponsors have come from just keeping the talent in Regina. We've seen a lot of guys in the off season they either go elsewhere because there's different programs, and our partnerships about growing the kids and the education on and off the ice for kids, and even as they get into the more serious levels of hockey, we have some great partnerships in the city that I'm very very excited about. Throw them out. Oh, definitely. Well, it's like most of if anybody's known around Extreme and knows myself, you'll see me at the rink. But our biggest partnership when we started, when I first got to Extreme, was Next Level Hockey Consulting with Tristan Taylor and Kobe, and that was simply to get a program of developing and having camps for kids, whether it's the female elite, the juniors, and then we started ramping up to the pros. And this is where we saw a consistent basis of a lot of our returning pros from EACHL, NHL Europe, AHL taking off to Calgary, Edmonton, the bigger cities because there's more program there and more opportunity. So when this came back. There was three professional players behind this idea, and it just it just grew, and it grew to a four on four league. And I'm so so excited for the guys and seeing what their vision in the last three years has grown to, and 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 the report from the market too. Don Ian joining us, new owner of Extreme Hockey and Sport in Regina. Few more here. Let's go downstairs to the basement. I love I love going in, going to the basement, checking out Tarrington. He always looks like he's having a super stressful day, and he works really hard down there. I feel bad bugging him, but uh, umbrella marketing, yes. like it, again, I, I you know if you can just kind of 
give the old elevator pitch to people listening out there what Umbrella is and what you guys do. We're a complete corporate division, guys. So we do everything from team business to commercial business to the odds and end gifts, Yeti customization and C-decking, everything you need and name above. And you can put your logo on anything. Anything. That, that Yeti thing. And I remember um, Dagelman was talking to, to Chad Bobrick here a while ago, like where Yeti and, and the amount of you know Yeti gear that you guys um, get rid of like people love this stuff it's the hottest selling thing since sliced bread buddy especially over COVID transition for corporate gifts or for just any kind of gift it's it's uh, especially when you actually customize it it's a it's a trademark gift it's something that you have forever so obviously a lot of stress I'm sure there's a lot of sleepless nights taking this over but now you kind of guys are entrenched um, anything new planned you got a kind of a, a new kickoff grand opening coming up in the spring or anything like that yes we do we have a couple cool things that'll be coming to our social media page we're gonna we've jumped into the e-commerce side of things for the first ever we got launched an e-commerce page which we're very excited about we have some new partnerships and some programs that we're going to be launching in the next couple of months so we're going to be kicking everything off in the next couple of months with an announcement with kind of uh just a, an open house for everybody to come in we're gonna have some sales some deals but the biggest thing is our, our give back program that we're going to be launching in the next 15 days for our customers let us know because we'll bring the sports cage down Love it. and and we'll be there donnie around extreme hockey and sport thanks for coming down today parking in downtown regina best of luck my friend thank you very much bernie Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage on Wednesday for Connexus Art Center. Barney Schenker, Kellen Enslev joining us. We just had Donnie Uren, new owner of Extreme Hockey and Sport, in for a nice little chat. And uh, sorry, I apologize. You had a question that you wanted to ask him, and I just rudely uh, skirted by it. Uh, no problem, Barney. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was really cool. Um, Donnie was talking briefly about uh, Next Level Hockey uh, and the incredible things that they've done in the last year, especially their great Before 8 program. I'd be remiss not to shout out that program as a minor hockey coach myself. I know I have uh, a number of players as part of that program who, who swear by it. The, you know, great Before 8 golden ticket sports with the Regina Catholic School Board um, and Donnie mentioned, and we didn't get an opportunity to talk about it uh, on the air, but uh, they're super excited here. It looks like they have a expansion coming uh, down the line here, hopefully for next year, grades 9 to 12, uh, to continue that great before 8 program yeah. uh, and expand it on to uh, some older athletes. Yeah, no, I was actually just talking to Twyla West from Regina Catholic Schools, and there's some cool things coming down the pipe. All right, now time to get into our clutch performer. And as always, for Nick's service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer, call 781-1077. Right, huh? Eric Carlson, the clutch performer for Nick's service last night in overtime in Vancouver against the Canucks. It was like 124 in overtime? You were stat guy? 142. 142. I'm dyslexic. Had him backwards. There's the clutch performer. Capital Ford Lincoln text line. 
936-6262-306-936-62. Thanks to everyone who is sending in texts and wanting to win these two Briar tickets to draw number 11. That's coming up on Tuesday, the 5th at 2 p.m. Love some of the comments. What we're doing, we're not doing trivia today. I wanted to do what kind of darts did uh, Ed Wernick used to rip. Wasn't allowed to do it. So we're just doing, why do you want to go to the Briar? And we've got some some people that just love it. Like I said, want to go uh, with my daughter, you know, curled as a young boy into a young man. I want to take my son. Um, no Babas yet in Guido's. That's who I've back in the day. I think that's who I would have uh, I would have taken. But send it into the Capital Ford text line. Why do you want to go and watch? And then that draw eleven, Saskatchewan is taking on Alberta. So a little hometown flavor, and then Alberta's rank, Kevin Cooey, I think Benny Hebert from Regina from a Colony Coffee rep. He's on that team. They're taking on Nova Scotia. So. Send it in. Why do you want to go? We'll award it next hour. So much more on the program. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. As they get ready to head into Dallas. What's going on? I know we've had a lot of Jets talk lately. We're going to talk more Jets. And what's going to happen with the Jets in the playoffs? You're listening to The Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Radio Octagon. Sounds violent. Barney Shanker, Kellen, and Slev. We got our boy Alan running the board here. Sports Cage on Wednesday for the Conexus Arts Center. Taste of Spring coming up April 19th and 20th. I am loving some of these text messages into the Capital Ford Lincoln text line at 306-936-6262. Just asking people, why do you want to go to the Briar? Draw number 11. We got two tickets. Tuesday, March 5th, 2 p.m. Saskatchewan's taking on Alberta that afternoon. Beautiful. Get some popcorn, maybe a French fry. If you like the 016s, have a few of those guzzle if you want. I uh, where's this one that I wanted? I used to like, I like this one too. It just came in. As a kid, I used to use checkers on the floor and curl. I used to pretend I was Ernie Richardson. Some throwback names there from out east back in the day. Was curling uh, much of a thing? Not really. Um, there was. I uh, grew up at the Bradford Golf Country Club. Uh, we were members when I was a kid. Uh, and there was curling in there um, in my youth. My parents didn't play, so we didn't spend a lot of time there in the winter. I can remember having to go a couple of times a month or once a month for dinner because you had to get the you yeah. had to get the chip minimum. Yeah. And there'd be curling playing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we'd be having family dinner. My mom thought it was the worst thing because she just wanted to cook at home, being a vegetable yeah. farmer's daughter. It was like, I can't believe we're doing this. But uh, my dad was a, a, a low handicapper, and that was the, the place to play for him. So we would... Meet the meet the chip minimum. Watch some curling. Uh, you know what? There's so many curling rinks, like the small town little two sheeters, and 
You know, they don't have a divider in the middle. Um, I, I think that Kerr Robert's got a fantastic one. I think I almost broke my elbow once. We were playing in a rec hockey tournament, absolutely buckled, went out and decided to curl for some reason, bit it so hard. I love the Prince Albert uh, Cook golf course. And then I, I don't know if it's Cook Curling Club or just per, per Prince Albert Curling Club. They got a massive, and in the summertime, you walk in because it's the golf course uh, lounge and patio, and it is huge. And they've hosted, you know, a lot of the the tankards and stuff there. Curling is massive, but the commercial that they're running, I, I was listening to it today, and it's very passionate, and it's a quiet talk, and it's building up the suspense of curling coming to the Brandt Center. <clears throat> and I love it. But if you're an American up here right now traveling and, and visiting Regina, and you hear this, you're like, what the heck is going? Like, the curling that I'm thinking of, you don't get it. You don't get how crazy we are for our curling and I think that's why I asked you, especially in Western Canada. So when you moved here, you started to probably get it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, the, one of the first years, maybe 2015 or 2016, the Scotties was in Musha and shot out there and, and saw some of that. And then uh, the Briar was here in 2018 as part of the, the heater that was, you know, the Briar followed by the Memorial Cup, followed by, you know, at at the Brandt Center, and so I was home and the team was on the road trip, and um, back in those days, I was uh, social media support when the team was on the road. I used to live tweet the games, and I can remember sitting uh, in the box there at the Brandt Center with a couple of my co-minor hockey coaches watching, listening in one ear to the Pats game, (laughs) tweeting what was happening in the game, maybe having a drink or two before the match was over and, and watching the a couple uh, sheets yeah. of the briar. I'm really curious to see the crowds. And I think Friday night we're broadcasting live from the Brandt Center starting at 3 on Friday. And then the rec laws kick everything off in the patch Friday night. So there is going to be some major shenanigans going down, curling straight into the patch on a Friday night in Regina. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the temperature for Friday, but hopefully it's somewhat respectable. And then, yeah, the real campus is busy with, you said, the foot or the, uh, what is it? Foot, futsal. Futsal, the tournament going on, and then the opening of the dugout as well. All right, time to take another break. When we get back, we're going to hop on the Western Pizza Hotline, head down to Dallas, Texas, talk some Winnipeg Jets hockey. You are listening to the Sports Cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Schenker, Kellen Enslev here on this Wednesday. And the cage is brought to you by the Conexus Arts Center. Get ready for Taste of Spring coming up April 19th and 20th. All right, I know we I know we talked a lot of Winnipeg Jets this week. Brandon McGuire, you know, both days and all that. Hey, but it's a poignant topic, and it's down the road, and we don't like them during football season, but I'm actually kind of rooting for the Jets. So I reached out to former U of R Cougar standout from 1997-98 from Altona, Manitoba, Ken Weeb. Ken, you just landed in Dallas. What's what's what are things like in Dallas right now? 
Well, uh, a little overcast, but uh, the temperatures are a little warmer here than uh, than back home. There's no doubt. Uh, if you mean standout, only by practice players standout. So, but uh, proud proud Cougar alum for sure, and graduate of the uh, fine journalism program at the University of Regina. Where did uh, where did the Cougars play when you twirled with them? Was it at the Twins? We had the combo platter. The first year was uh, was at the downtown barn uh, the, where the Pats were playing. I'm not sure what it was called back then, but uh, and then the second year was at the Twins. So we've had the uh, with a lot of a lot of games in front of family and friends. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see the new barn. I haven't seen it yet, actually. So meaning to get down there one of these years. Uh, you got to come back. We're gonna golf this summer. You said right? We're gonna we're gonna swing. Yeah, I like it. Swing, I like it. Swing the wrenches. All right. So Gary Bettman in Winnipeg. Yesterday, you were there. Did you, did you did you grill him? What what kind of questions did you have for the commissioner? Yeah, I was fortunate uh, enough to get him one on one before his general availability. So uh, definitely uh, curious for his uh, reasoning in town. He said it was less to do, he had nothing to do with the article that just came out in the Athletic from Chris Johnson and uh, just the routine standard trip. But uh, he had a busy day meeting with a lot of community leaders and. Uh, a lot of uh, positive messaging for a fan base, uh, which obviously has been uh, in the national news a lot the last little while here. Uh, Gary, very vehement to me and later on to others that uh, the Jets are not going anywhere. Re- relocation's never been discussed or anything like that. But it just feels like it's a you know usual downturn that all the you know all the other Canadian teams, probably not named Toronto, have gone through uh, in the last decade or two decades. In terms of attendance, uh, reinforced his belief in the market, and Bill Daly tossed, knowing his audience, tossed in uh, the Jets are a model franchise, and they wish they had 32 of them. So, uh, <laughs> nothing to see here was the message from the commissioner. Uh, so I, I had a chance but again for, for a fan base that is scared of relocation. I mean, I think his words were fitting. He just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's a sensitive subject in our market, as you know. Just yeah, having had the team leave in '96 uh, while I was at university, it was uh, it's something that still uh, strikes a lot of core emotional uh, chords in, in town, uh, even when the threat of uh, potentially what it means for the long term viability is uh, brought into question. And then just the follow up, I had Mark Chippen, I interviewed with Mark Chippen on the uh, on the side, uh, apart from uh sort of an exclusive with him yesterday too and he reiterated he sort of wanted to clarify uh some of the folks that had been you know drawing their own conclusions that when he said it couldn't continue like this he meant that you know the jets would have trouble being a cap team especially with the cap going up uh substantially probably in the next three years here if if they have uh you know four thousand empty seats now that number you know those numbers have gone up obviously after christmas but yeah, the fact that the tenants has been down is an issue, and True North is pointed inward, and and they know that they need work to they have work to do. But one of the biggest things is the corporate support is at like fifteen percent. Most Canadian teams are in the forty-four to fifty fifty percent range in terms of their season ticket base. So they've been really uh, hammering down and trying to get the business community uh, to be on board a little bit more because there weren't as many tickets available to the business community when they sold out their season tickets in twenty eleven in you know seventeen minutes. So. Uh, a lot of us, you know, not soul searching, but yeah. uh, navel gazing and uh, trying to adapt to the new new normal, uh, especially after a pandemic. Is that is that going to work? Going now back to the corporate community, and, and you know, you're at fifteen percent. You know, what's a realistic number? Do you think where they can get to being being in Winnipeg and being entrenched there? 
Yeah, it's a great, a great question. Uh, Mark is hopeful they can get you know somewhere in the neighborhood of forty at some point, but it's certainly not going to happen overnight. I think they've been chipping away at this for over a year already. So um, having the commissioner in there, I think, would show a little bit more on the urgency side of things. Uh, I do, and Mark also said to me too, you have to be careful. That yes, you want that corporate support, but you also don't want, you know, with all due respect to Toronto, you don't want to turn it into a corporate crowd, right? One of the one of the kind of appeals of the Winnipeg market is that the individuals are so personally invested and not to say that corporations wouldn't be but when yeah. the tickets are going to different yeah. people it's kind of a little bit of a different crowd yeah. then right so yeah you it's want a little bit of a delicate balance you want face paint guy buckled spending there you go exactly. spending all right. of his I, money guzzling i've been to you a lot of games at mosaic I, same idea yeah exactly <laughs> Um, you know, and then, like I said, Brendan McGuire has been, been talking to, uh, you know, some of your coworkers and that over the last few days, I've been trying to catch some of it. And I, I'm just baffled that, you know, whatever, and the numbers aren't going to be correct, but they buy the team for around 115 million. And now it's worth, I think like 700 or something crazy like that. Like <laughs> the thing is worth a lot of money. And then you got this right. David Thompson and, you know, one of the richest families around, like not Saudi rich, but very, very rich. So it's like, how much does he play play into it and in, in that family or not so much? Well, definitely David has been a big supporter of the of the franchise, but I don't think he's there to, to provide a blank check. Uh, you know, I tried to dig into that with Mark and that wasn't the topic he was comfortable uh, discussing in in detail, but yeah, I mean, having him there is important, but I think one of the other kind of, not necessarily revelations, but one of the things I've learned, uh, you know, the last five, six, seven years, they've been doing a lot of, you know, arena rentals and things of that nature, and one thing that Mark did reveal yesterday was that uh, by the time they put in a new sound system next summer, they will have spent the same amount of money on their uh, keeping the building up to current standards as they did when they built it originally uh, when, they, when they were housing the moose, so um, I think that that's something that maybe isn't well documented, and you know, again, that's part of that's part of being in the NHL. And Mark made it clear that they just don't want to be a happy to be here, a casual member that's spending to the floor. They've been a cap ceiling team, so for sure the valuation has gone up. But uh, I think Winnipeg is one of the places that was. I mean, again, you guys thought of Saskatchewan too, very heavily hit by COVID, and uh, he used the word uh, massive losses. He wouldn't go into get the numbers, but. Uh, substantial losses during that time and they're sort of trying to play catch up and for sure the valuation is there but I would say too a lot of people are saying you know owners are greedy they just want to make money if Mark really wanted to make money what you would do is sell the team and take the billion dollars you know so <laughs> it's a bit of a delicate balance there yeah, and uh, uh, it's, it's it's a topic that is uh, certainly it's confusing to some but also I guess it's something that uh, is, is a work in progress here for sure yeah. But it's been interesting to watch, especially in a year where, you know, uh, the Jets are having such a good year. And if they do go on kind of one of those runs like they had in 2018 when they made the conference final, well, they're going to be in the national spotlight a lot. And I would imagine that the building is going to be rocking and mostly full. So yeah. uh, I think they're maybe just trying to build on the momentum. But I think it's just sort of the realization of what what it really means if they can't get, you know, if you're having 10,000 rather than 14,000, what it means in the long term. And what that means is something that we saw in Jets 1.0. Mark Chipman doesn't want to be the guy that has to trade the one point or the 2.0 version of Timo Solani or Keith Chuck, right? So yeah. um, that's sort of what they want to kind of avoid. But it's a two-way street. Uh, the, the Jets also, and Mark was quick to admit that 
when they had a waiting list of eighteen or of eight thousand people to go along with thirteen thousand tickets, they the customer service angle maybe wasn't handled as 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 well as it could have been. So there's a lot of that uh, repairing public trust and confidence, and I think that 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 is also a work in progress. But if this team continues to be one of the best teams in the NHL and maybe goes on a playoff run, I think there won't be a lot of talk about. Uh, a lot of empty seats in the building. Yeah, not, yeah. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the team and, and and where they are now. And there is a lot of excitement around around this hockey team. If I had to ask you, trade deadline coming up, and the one yep. team you don't hear a lot about is what the Winnipeg Jets are going to do and are going to do. Are, are they going to do much? Do you think, Ken? Well, I would say that Sean Monahan was a, was a preemptive strike. Uh, do I am I certain that he's going to be their biggest fish they acquire? I'm not. Uh, the thing about Kevin Chivaldayoff, one thing he's done really well, uh, much to the chagrin of many of the reporters who follow the team, is uh, uh, he keeps the cards pretty close to the vest and has pulled several rabbits out of the hat, uh, starting with Paul Stastny. So um, I, I would say that Sean Monahan is most likely this year's Paul Stastny acquisition, but. Uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out, uh, you know, whether it's a Chris Tanev or, uh, you know, whether it's Anthony Mantha or uh, somebody that isn't on the trade boards that are floating around and, and being read voraciously by all NHL fans. But I would say the biggest points of emphasis for the Jets would be uh, right-handed shot defenseman, potentially a second-pairing kind of guy. I don't know that you're going to get a top-pairing guy, but uh, Chris Tanev obviously has the connection to the Manitoba Moosets where he started his pro career before uh, becoming a full-timer with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I don't know that, I mean, obviously he's got a bigger salary than some of the people. That he, it may end up going with more of a depth guy, but uh, I think if they want to win four rounds, uh, I think they would look for a potential upgrade in the top you know, top four. Maybe that would move Neil Pionk to the third pairing. Um, and then up front, Cole Perfetti's gone through a bit of a dry spell here. And uh, that's sort of left the top six in flux a little bit. Alex Iafalo has really fit in nicely with Nikolai Ehlers and Sean Monaghan, but again, Alex Iafalo isn't necessarily going to be a high-end goal scorer. He's done a great job of complimentary scoring over the years. So, being Anthony Mantha, pending UFA, six foot five, plays with some snarl and can score. So that would be the kind of guy they're looking for, but uh, it's also possible they just go out and get a depth guy and, and try to try to think that their internal growth is going to be is going to be enough but i do expect they'll make at least one more move and potentially adding both a defenseman and a forward yeah they sort of they hold the keys to their own fate here um sitting first place in the division uh four games in hand on dallas three games on colorado nashville um games in hand are great uh but you got to win them obviously um, a unique thing yeah. I saw oftentimes we talk about the trade deadline. Uh, teams talk about the ability to add from internal with players coming back from injury, things like that. Um, Winnipeg's one of those unique teams uh, that with no players right now sitting on the IR, LTIR, uh, along with Seattle and Nashville. So uh, they, they've, they've proven themselves more than enough. Uh, we talk about trying to get fans back in the seats. Uh, people want to support a winner, and I think the on-ice product has done everything they can to try to pull back the fans here. And you talk about that long playoff run and, and the return of the whiteout here in uh, at the MTS would be, uh, would be a welcome sight for the organization. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't catch that last part. Yeah, no, and, and we got we got about one minute here, Ken, and, and yeah, gotcha. just just to wrap it up, and I know this might be a tough question to ask, but I like I like to sprinkle and gamble. Who would you like to <laughs> who would you like to see 
the Jets match up in that first round. I feel that first round is so key always, right? Who would be a great first round matchup if the playoffs started tomorrow for the Jets to match up against? For sure. I'm not sure which team is going to win the Turtle Derby for eight, but uh, I would say the best best route to a long playoff run is, is finishing first in the West and getting you know getting ahead of Dallas and getting ahead of Vancouver. They've got uh, two more meetings with the Canucks head to head, two more with Dallas. So uh, you know whether it's whether it's uh, you know again for from a reporter standpoint, you'd love to see LA be an eighth rather than seventh and or whatever whatever matchup brings Pierre Luc Dubois to town. Uh, uh, again, I, I enjoyed covering him. He's a good player. I really like him as a person. But uh, obviously, there's been a, a lot of a thread uh, on that. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, obviously, are the Jets' biggest rival. So if they could have a playoff meeting, I think that'd be fantastic yeah. as well. But uh, all the teams in that mix would be a fun opponent, whether it's St. Louis or Minnesota or even Calgary, if if they find a way to sell and stay uh, competitive. But yeah. Um, yeah. it's more about trying to avoid Dallas and Colorado. But if you want to get to the cup final, you you're going to have to there. beat those one of those teams at least anyway, if not both. So, yeah, maybe get them uh, when again, they're a little banged up, though. Maybe get them when they're a little... No, fair, fair, yeah. <laughs> again, you probably want to avoid Vegas yeah. also, uh, based yeah. on what happened last year in the first round. All right, my man. You're probably going to go out and have some barbecue tonight in Dallas and then uh, have a nice night. Thanks so much. Let's do this again, Ken. Totally appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, we'll uh, stay in touch here as the playoff front heats up. Ken Weeb. Uh, the rest of the show here. From Winnipeg, well, actually, he's in Dallas, covers the Winnipeg Jets. Nice little chat there. That's another hour in the books. When we come back, we're going to talk to Farhan Lalji. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's Barney Shankaruk. And we're back just like that. The last hour of the program is here on Wednesdays. It is for Conexus Art Center. Get ready for Taste of Fun at 2024's Taste of Spring, April 19th to 20th at Conexus Art Center. 150 products all under one roof. See you at the center. Barney Shinkra, Kellen Enslev is my co-host today. Uh, Kenny Weeb. Before the 5 o'clock hour, Winnipeg Free Press. Um, great guy. Ties to Regina. I would. La- I am not a Winnipeg fan at all. That city, it just every time I go there, I feel like I'm going to need a wheel alignment and new shocks and struts and, and, and getting around is just the worst. But I got a soft spot for the Jets this year. Will I take them in your pool? Probably not. But I don't know. How do you think they land? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're in they're in tight right now. Um, obviously, Colorado is right behind them there. Uh, that's a team you don't ever want to take lightly uh, in the standings, and they're going to come back. They got players coming back from the uh, NHLPA assistance program that may boost their yeah. uh, their roster. Um, I think they're right there. I think they've they've they made a great trade going into last year, uh, dumping Dubois to LA, getting back three very valuable pieces. I'm not betting against uh, Connor Hellebuck in the playoffs. And if they can get MTS center rocking, uh, it's it's going to be a tough place to to win. But, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be right there. They have enough of a lead. They're going to be in the playoffs. So uh, just a matter of what come playoff time, who wants to perform? Ultimate segue. The Brant Center will be rocking starting Friday night. The Briar starts in Regina. 
If you're just tuning in, you're on your way home, on your way to the farm, on your way to the Quonset, whatever, 936-6262, the Capital Ford Lincoln text line. We got two tickets up for grabs today to draw 11. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m., the Hawaiian Breakfast Special. You can get in there, like I said, get your guzzle on early on a Tuesday, or just take uh, whoever you want to take. I didn't want to do a question today. I just wanted people to send in, why do you want to go to the Briar? A lot of people have never been to a professional curling event. A lot of people curled forever. They they just love watching curling. Um, A lot of rural people texting in. So text us. We're going to pick a winner here in the next half hour, just after the bottom of the hour. 936-6262. Saskatchewan does play that afternoon against Alberta. So even more reason to go. Yeah, shoot us a message. There's been some good ones so far, and we're going to uh, pick one. Okay, so when we were re- they were reading news, we talked about the train backing up traffic in Regina for 40 minutes this morning. We tackled that. Let's talk about this Joe Biden story. Not to get political here, but they just said if he runs again and wins for another term, he's going to be 86 by the end of that term. Like, come, just say it and say it out loud. It just sounds, the guy seems like a zombie already. I don't know. Maybe he's a nice human and a nice uh, grandpa and stuff. But uh, you said the, you, you went to, your days with the Regina Pats and the gentleman that used to wear the canine costume, cover your kids' ears if they're in the vehicle right now and they're really young. Um, he he gave her until he was like in 80s, old? I think in his 80s, yeah. I mean, he, he finished up in the 2018 Memorial Cup and he was still sliding down the railing. And when you told people who was in the suit, people didn't believe you. Um, and to be honest, when I first came out, to Regina, it was it was a funny eye opener for me because I come from the Montreal Canadiens uh, organization in the American League, and the gentleman there who was Bruiser, the mascot there, was like so secretive about who he was, who his identity was. Like we would go to events, and he would like get changed in the van, like two kilometers away, and come wandering in, weirdo. And then I get here, and. Like canines dressing room at a Pats game is the same dressing room as the seventh skater and yeah. sometimes a Timbits team and canine just comes oh. in and throws this throws the head <laughs> off and he's just sitting there guzzling at uh, so- Coke Zero in between uh, yeah. in breaks and then puts the lid back on. But you know I have to give a shout out to Rolly. Um, he was, was incredible in the job. But what people don't know is he actually makes the suits. He made the suit by hand himself, sewing the original suit, the Labatt Blue Bear. He made the current wow. canine. He made, I believe, he made gainers along the way. Really? And he's also a graphic artist, and he would draw for the twenty-year-old to graduate or a retirement or graduating player gift every year. He would do a big caricature of the of the twenty-year-old players. Just an incredibly talented man, a super nice guy. That is so cool. Roly, what was his name? Roly Barassa. Yeah. And he did Pats games for I think about fifteen dollars a game right up until twenty eighteen, wow. and would charge mileage and apologize all the time. We'd send them out in the community, be like, "Oh yeah, no, I I had to go out to Saudi, so it was eight dollars at the co op. Yeah. That's okay." Uh, we're gonna go to break here. Farhan Lalji is joining us after big. I have to say the the quick 
uh, canine story I remember. Roman was like a, just over a year, a year old, right? So I would actually use my media pass to sneak down into that room and have to and have to change him, and I would change him down in that dressing room. So the one day he's on the bench and you know he's looking around and just over a year and I'm changing his diaper. All of a sudden, Roly comes in in his canine costume, comes in, and and he's a one-and-a-half-year-old kid, let's say. He loves canine. He whips off his head and sits down. And the look on Roman's face was so hilarious. I'm like, the mascot just ripped his head off uh, while I'm getting changed, man. Those were good times. That's crazy. He made his own... Uh, he made his own costumes. We'll have to talk about that a little bit more. It is the Sports Cage. Callan Enslev, Barney Shankarek, stay with us when we come back. We're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Shankarek, Kellen Enslev. Some upbeat music for you. 936-6262, Capital Ford, Lincoln text line. They're starting to come in fast and furious. Why do you want to go to the Briar? No no trivia question today. Just why do you want to go? Like I said, you want to take Baba, you want to take Guido, baby, your sister, your son, mushrooms, cookums, whatever. Let us know. We're getting a lot of them coming in. All right, Kellen Anslav joining me. Let's go on to the Western Pizza Hotline. Never a bad time for a little Western pizza, the za, and all the goodness. How about just some Greek food, souvlaki, salads, oh, dry ribs. Call Western Pizza today. makes me hungry. Down to Vancouver and the area there. Farhan, Lalji joining us. Farhan, you a big curling guy, Farhan? Uh, absolute zero when it comes to curling and myself. <laughs> Never tried it, rarely watch it. It's not a West Coast thing. It's definitely not my thing. But I appreciate everybody in the prairies that love it, and it's a good thing for TSN that they do, right? Because our numbers for curling are good, thanks to everybody in your region. Yeah, no doubt. My co-host here today, Kellen, he's from the uh, the, the Toronto area, and yeah, he said same thing. It's like, yeah, I'm curling a little bit as a kid, but nothing like the, the crazed curling fans on the prairies. Um, let's get into... Uh, Let's get into some hockey here, some puck. I, you know, I, I, I'm following now. Now's the time of the year that I really kind of start thinking about, okay, who am I going to gamble on in the playoffs here? Because my whole life revolves around that. I don't really have a team anymore. It's just whoever I want to hammer. And last year it was the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Lucky for me, Kellen, right? Took, took home the pool. Um, Vancouver. And I, I'm hearing a lot of chatter about, you know, Patterson and and he won't go to the table and they want to negotiate with them and he's saying no and and all that. What, what's your take on what's going on there? Are they making too much of a deal about this on a lot of talk shows and print and all over the internet? Uh, yes and no. You know, look, he, he said at the beginning of the year he doesn't want to negotiate until the end of the season. Um, and you know, by and large, I think that's been respected. I don't, you know, I know that people have this thing of the big bad media that you know in these big cities that are that's all over the player and. You know, the the truth is, it's really not how it's played out, right? Like, he got asked about his contract day one of training camp. He answered three questions on day one of training camp. was very dismissive. And so that was that, right? Like, he made it clear he didn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to negotiate until after the season. Then in January, some comments were made by 
GM, by the GM and by his agents that we said, okay, it's worth revisiting. So I asked him the question again in January. Now we're midway through the year. Uh, you know, the all-star break is around the corner and that was kind of it, right? So there, there's been a lot of noise and then Elliot Friedman had his report um, that uh, the teams have been calling, right? Because they view this as kind of a, um, an unusual situation because it's pretty apparent that ownership is fully committed to paying this player top of market. They want to get this done. If this doesn't get done, it's not because ownership isn't willing to, to hit the number, right? It's going to be because he doesn't want to be here. And, and I'm not telling you that that's the case. Yeah. I'm just telling you that this is not going to come down to the owners not wanting to pay enough. So uh, people know that. And this hasn't been one of those situations where he has professed his love for the city and said, hey, I want to be here long term. I just don't want to negotiate right now. It's a distraction. Like, there's been none of that. It's just been, you know, uh, you know, as they say, whenever there's an information vacuum, people want to fill it. So when Friedman had his report on Saturday, it's created a new round of chatter. Pedersen hasn't been asked about it on camera. Uh, I know he did talk about it a little bit to some reporters, just kind of, or some print guys about, um, you know, not why he doesn't want to say much on the topic. And, you know, ultimately that's up to him, but... Uh, there's different ways to attack these things. And at the end of the day, you don't get to decide if people want to talk about it. You don't. Like, yeah. That's just the way it goes. You know how fans are. And um, so so here we are, right? It, it, it's certainly a hot-button topic right now. The one thing I heard as well, he was like, yeah, he, want, he wants to play for a winner. And that, like, yeah, everybody says that. It's like, oh, so cliche and so overdrawn. Hey, but guess what? The Canucks are winning. Um, you know, how surprised are you? of where the Vancouver Canucks are as we sit right now in late February? Yeah, I think I'm surprised. And, and I say that in that, you know, I was probably surprised the first half of the season. Now we're just kind of seeing that there's been a consistency, right? And I know since the All-Star break, it's been a little up and down, and they've, they've had one regulation win in their last six games. But ultimately, in most of those games, they've still been playing well. So, you know, we were surprised at how they kept out, came out of the gate. Then we all wanted to see if they could sustain it. At the midway point, they, they could now we're 60, 61 games into it, and you know here they are atop the league standing. So I'm, I'm surprised they're atop the league standings. Am I surprised they've uh, managed to improve and, and hold and, and show a level of consistency? Not really, right? I mean, there, there is certainly a maturing and a, and a bit of a coming of age where they've, they've taken a lot of lumps. They've grown together as a group, and um, management's done a good job of addressing not all, but, but some of the important needs around this team. They've rebuilt the defense. They've They've done some things in their bottom six, and their best players are playing their best hockey, right? So Jim Rutherford said at the start of the year, a lot of things had to go right for this team to get into the playoffs. A lot of things have gone right. You know, players are playing well. They're playing healthy. The coach is doing a great job, and and here we are. Who in all your years would Rick Tockett remind you of anyone that you've crossed paths with as far as coaching in the NHL? Oh, boy. Um I don't know. Not really. I, I don't know that I've necessarily studied a lot in terms of, of type of coaches, right? He's, he's got an ability to combine a level of hard-nosed accountability but still understand his players and what buttons to push, right? So, you know, you get guys like Torts and Mike Keenan and things like that that are big on holding you accountable and do a lot of yelling and screaming and this is the way they're going to coach. Um, they, they don't necessarily have the, the off-speed pitch, right, or the curveball. Yeah. They've got one pitch and they're going to keep throwing it, right? Um, whereas Tockett has an understanding, and he uses the tools at his disposal, whether it's ice time and benching guys or you know, saying what needs to be said in the media or what have you. But at the same time, he also will um, 
give you leash and rope if you've shown that you've earned it, right? So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm impressed with his ability to bring a new age approach to communication and, and how he wants to deal with guys along with uh, a level of tough love. As the top dog in the Western Conference right now, what's what's next in the, for the hockey operations department? Like the phone's ringing, are they taking calls on Pedersen? Are they listening, or is that sort of a non-starter and they're going to take it into the off season and with the confidence that they can get him re-signed? Well, I think there's zero chance he gets traded at the deadline or before. Okay, he's going to be a Canuck in April and May, and if the Canucks are fortunate in June, right? So. Um, they're listening to calls, uh, you know, might there be some stuff that's kind of being put out there, you know, with an effort to encourage him to get to the table? Maybe. I don't know that. But certainly they're, they're listening to calls, you know, but it, like I said, it's weird to me as to, as to why people are calling, you know, knowing the stature of the player. Uh, but that said, they made their big move with Elias Lindholm um, or Elias Lindholm. We now have an Elias and an Elias, and we've got to keep <laughs> always figuring out which is which. So uh, Elias Lindholm was was their big get this off season or this uh, in the past month, and you know it hasn't gone great yet. But I still think there's time for him to make a significant contribution to this team. And I think because they've made that move, I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of room here for them to go out and make significant additions. You know, people talk about Jake Gensel, uh, and they talk about Chris Tanev. Well, these guys are going to cost a first round draft pick and then some, and the Canucks have already given that up. So. You know, you, you, there's not a lot more to give up here, right? The prospect pipeline has gotten, like, some guys have kind of ripened, but overall, top to bottom, it's thin. So I don't know how much you want to give up. I, I think they've given a lot up here. Uh, hopefully the Lindholm thing works itself out, and then I think they'll nibble around the edges of, of the roster. I think they could potentially get better on the fourth line. Um, you know, although the fourth line outside of one turnover played fantastic last night. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think they're looking for depth pieces. We'll see what happens with Phil Kessel. You know, I'd imagine he gets signed before the deadline and, uh, and winds up making his way here to Vancouver. So that might be the, the piece that comes. So, so we'll see. I just don't think financially they're in a position to, um, you know, to go big game hunting right now. I totally agree. Good question, by the way, Kellen. I, I, really, I really like that. All right, we had Ken Weeb on from the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, he's in Dallas, and I asked him this question about the Winnipeg Jets, and I'm going to close it asking you. The, the Vancouver Canucks would match up in that first round really well against who? Oh, well, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's funny. The guys, the teams that are in the bottom of, of that uh, pool of teams that are trying to get in uh, have actually had success against the Canucks this season, whether it be a Minnesota uh, you know, potentially a St. Louis. Uh, I don't know that this is necessarily the best matchup, but the team I would love to see them face is the Seattle Kraken. Ooh. Because I just think that, um, you know, I, I want to see that rivalry between these two teams get going, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been good. You know, the organizations have tried to manufacture it since the Kraken came into the league a couple of years ago. But, you know, these things generally take off and, and the hate and all of that begins in the playoffs. So, just from a local market standpoint, I'd like to see that happen. I, I don't know that there's necessarily a good matchup. I mean, you know, truthfully, if, if you're a, um, you know, if if you're a fan, like I, I wonder who, like I, I think LA is the most likely scenario in terms of who the Canucks are going to play. Right? I see Edmonton and um, and Vegas potentially playing as a two-three matchup in the first round. 
So, you know, potentially L.A. The Canucks haven't faced L.A. yet. They played them for the first time all season, and it's a divisional opponent. They play them tomorrow, and then they're going to play them a bunch the rest of the way. So that's the most likely outcome. And, yeah. um, but I, I can't say that's the best matchup because we just haven't seen them play yet. Exactly. All right, my man. Uh, the Briar starts uh, Friday. Like I said, you grab yourself six tall boys, sit down and watch some curling and uh, and gamble. You'll get right into it. Thanks. You, know, you send me send me a Western pizza. Send me a Western pizza, and and I will like a, a chicken Alfredo barbecue chicken kind of thing. Oh yeah. And I will I will gladly watch the Briar for you, but it's going to cost you. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Okay. Thanks, Farhan. Let's do this again. Take care. Yep. Farhan Lalji joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. I cannot do the read without getting hungry. Western pizza, generous amount of toppings, plus Greek food like suvalaki, rib salads, and all the goodness you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza tonight. Time for a break. When we come back, don't sleep on where are they now in the back half. Connor Hobbs is going to join us. You're listening to the Sports Cage on the home of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. That is, you are coming back to the action. Techno music style. Barney Shankara, Kellen Enslev join you in the Sports Cage on this Wednesday for the Conexus Arts Center. April 19th and 20th. Taste of Spring is back. Over 150 products all under one roof. See you at the center. Minus 14 feels like minus 25 in Regina right now. Kudos to the guy that just biked by the studio. Was he wearing a toque or a wool hat? He was not. Oh, good on you, buddy. Bike away. Capital Ford Lincoln text line. 936-6262. We're giving away Briar tickets again today. I have to applaud you people out there. You're really tugging at the heartstrings. There's some real sap stuff coming in now, and I don't know how we're going to do this. We've had a plethora of text messages. We just want to know why you want to go to the Briar, right? Like, do you just want to go with some buddies, get all banged up, watch curling, go to the patch? Do you want to like take your mom, take your dad, take your girlfriend, take your ex, take your kids, Baba, Guido, Mushums, Cookums? Who do you want to take to the Briar and why? Tuesday, March 5th, 2 p.m., draw number 11. Does Saskatchewan play that day? Oh, yeah, they do. Saskatchewan, Alberta, go at it in that draw at 2 p.m. The other one of note, I like this one, Alberta. Nova Scotia. Uh, Canada takes on Nanavut. See what the line comes in on that. Maybe hammer hammer the old boys from up north. See what the line comes in. I love gambling and curling, man. I'm not lying. And PEI and Quebec. So, yeah, send it in, 936-6262. So let's go back to uh, Farhan joining us, Kellen. The Vancouver Canucks. You... And he said, yeah, of course, shock. They're sitting with 83 points right now. Tops in the Pacific Division. You would have told me that back in, you know, September, October, and say, hey, why don't you, why don't you sprinkle a little bit for the uh, Vancouver Canucks to win the Pacific Division? I'm like, you're crazy, man. You got a better chance of seeing Elvis ride that bike by the studio. But they're there. And Rick Tockett, and he kind of did this with, Arizona, 
He gets like these weird teams playing good hockey. Not that they're weird. They got a lot of underrated players. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, Thatcher Demko, you can't bet against when you have one of the top goalies in the league. Uh, and he sort of, he showed it in that COVID playoff series, playoff year 2020, yeah. where he just got super hot while everybody was sitting watching hockey at home. And, you know, Pedersen, say what you want about all the stuff happening in the background. He's an elite player. He's a top player in the league. He's pulling his weight. Um, the Brock Bessers of the world, they're they're doing, yeah. you know, bounce back. I think one of the most underrated players in the NHL, and I don't watch these guys a lot, because I've never been the, I got to cheer for a Canadian team because they're Canadian in the play. It's like, no, I just cheer for who I bet on. Uh, plain and simple as that. Don't have a team. Don't have an NHL team anymore. Used to love the Dallas Stars. They made some awful decisions after Mike Medano, and I just didn't cheer for him anymore. But JT Miller, that guy is so underrated. Such a good hockey player. And I think it's one of those things, right? They play on the West Coast where people just don't watch him enough, and they don't get the exposure and notoriety of the other teams. But a hot goalie, but the only problem is what Mike Sillinger always says, an eight always beats a one. And you know what? As crazy as you think silly is sometimes, it happens almost every year. Yeah. It, I mean, silly, silly's seen it. He's played for 326 NHL franchises <laughs> over uh, yeah. four decades. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's insightful. Uh, he said it a lot. Uh, you talk about, you know, not seeing a lot of Vancouver, uh, you know, and not having a team uh, because you talk about sprinkling. I have a, a very brief, brisk story about sprinkling and having a team. I do have a team. You talked about them earlier on the show, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, 2018, didn't have a team, was a Regina Pats fan, went to Vegas for McGregor Mayweather, uh, sprinkled. A thousand USD on the Vegas Golden Knights in their first Ooh. season to make the playoffs. One unit. Woke up uh, the next morning, gambler's remorse. Talked to a couple of buddies. We were on a stag. <laughs> made some hedge bets. You know, a couple fifty dollar bets that they get perfect sixty points. Uh, as we know, yeah. At one point, they were you know they won twenty three of twenty four. Hit for eighteen thousand US. If I'd have taken them to the Stanley Cup Finals with that sort of. Passion in August before their first season, it would have been 131. But uh, yeah, I'm a Vegas fan, so last number of years, especially uh, obviously being on the West Coast, come home late at night, flip that game on, watch watch the Knights, and obviously last year running all the way to a Stanley Cup championship was uh, a long time five season fans dream. I loved uh, last week down in Mexico, tuned into the sports cage. Maz was hosting. I think it was on Friday. And he lives in Calgary. And he was talking to Kelly Kirsch, and they're talking about the Flames. Oh, and it was so hilarious how they were talking about the delusional Flames fans and how the Flames just kind of peter along and they get their way into the playoffs and they don't do anything and they didn't trade this guy, didn't trade no assets like Johnny Goudreau. Like, would you really think that guy was going to stick around? Come on, let's be honest. Um, but if your playoff draft, because we have one every year, if your playoff draft started tomorrow. Playoffs are the teams that are in right now. Who would you load up on? Boston Bruins. Ah, man. I love I love you kind of guys in drafts. Kansas, I don't think Boston can do anything. I don't know why. It's really weird. 
Every year, there's the Boston guy at the draft, and it's like, you go nuts, you take them. My sleeper this year, not really a sleeper. They're a good hockey team, and I think they're going to win the Hannafin or Tanev or maybe both sweepstakes is the Dallas Stars. Hot goalie, nice place to play, not a lot of stress, get behind it, and they're good. Again, fly under the radar kind of team. Legend general manager John Paddock, who I spent a number of seasons with, said never show another man your cards. So would I actually load up on Boston Bruins? Probably not. But as my friends in my hockey Regina draft earlier this year learned, I always hold my cards close to my chest. I can't tell you for sure who I'm riding, but let's hey, go with the Bruins. It's an age-old uh, debate on the Monday Nooner. Is it chest or vest? Where are you, where are you holding the cards, cards close to? I hold them close to my chest. I'm not a big vest guy. <laughs> I'm a leather vest guy. That's what I might wear Friday as we broadcast live from the Briar. Get a nice leather vest on. If you want to win those tickets, just text us. Another one coming in. Oh, I love this. I love this. They're just really tugging at the heartstrings why they want to go to the Briar. Draw number 11, Tuesday, March 5th at 2 p.m. We just want to know why. Why do you want to go? One three zero six nine three six sixty two sixty two. It's the Capital Ford Lincoln text line. Time for a break. When we come back, it's where are they now with former Regina Pat Connor Hobbs. You're listening to the Sports Cage on the Voice of Sports in Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage. Barney Shinkara, Kellen Enslev. It's been a heck of a day. We are going to reward those curling tickets momentarily. Still coming in on the Capital Ford Lincoln text line, 936-6262. Why do you want to go to the Briar? Tuesday, March 5th, draw number 11 at 2 p.m. Send it in. We're going to award it momentarily. It is now time for one of my favorite segments in all of radio. Where are they now? And when I asked Kellen to come on today, I'm like, you know, who do we, uh, who should we get? Who do you have in your old tickle trunk that we can call up? First guy he said, how about former Regina Pat Connor Hobbs? And I'm like, perfect. Where Are They Now is brought to you by Floor Coverings International. For new floors, choose one of the highest rated companies in the country, Floor Coverings International. The stars of flooring. Visit fclfloors.com today. Connor Hobbs, how are you doing, my man? Are you on the road yet to uh, Winyard, road. To Winyard, Saskatchewan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you caught me right in, the, right in the middle of our journey out to uh, Winyard for game, game four here. Uh, the uh, second round. I uh, I miss those senior hockey days. The sun's staying up a little bit longer. Probably grab a little Tim's. If you guys put in a dinger, have a nice long road trip out. What tell tell the people? So they're like, what do you mean he's playing hockey in Winyard? You're playing senior hockey for the Winyard Monarchs these days, right? That's right. Yeah. Where where are they now? Washed up out of your the tickle trunk there, playing uh, in Winyard. It's about anybody doesn't know. It's about two hours away from from Saskatoon, but 
uh, we've got a pretty good group, and I mean, it's fun. I, like you said, I'm holding a loaded bowl from Tim's here right now. Uh, <laughs> usually guys grab a coffee and off we go. So after the Regina Pats, where a lot of people remember you from and the heck of a run you had here, take us through the journey. What, Where did Connor Hobbs go? What did you do after the Pats? Um, well, lots of it's probably not safe for radio talk, but uh, I had a pretty rough rough road. Um, Hockey-wise, I was playing in Hershey in the American League. Um, and then uh, at the end of my contract, I decided it was time to go to school. So I came back to Saskatoon uh, to attend USASC, and uh, I played for the Huskies there. Um, and now, now I'm aged out of that. So I'm on to the next thing, and uh, Winyard was uh, obvious choice. What are you taking? You're, you're in education? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I'm in education. This is my uh, third year of the program. Um, so I'm out in schools right now uh, doing some internship stuff, but um, it's what, moving along a little slower than I'd like. But, what do you, but yeah, that's the update with me. <laughs> what are you hoping for? Open for primary or high school? What are you, uh, what are you hoping to teach? Well, I would like high school, but, um, you know, there you don't really have a whole lot of choice, especially if you want to stay in the city. So um, <laughs> I'll just sort of take whatever whatever contract comes out, if it is. But I got to get the degree first here, so there's still a ways to go. <laughs> Winyard will probably make, some, make something happen so you can play as a local, though, right? Oh, who knows? <laughs> you never know. There, I'm not going to say too much about that, but uh, <laughs> if I'm teaching there and living there, then... I am a local, right? You you got it. And more importantly, Connor, I had to make a uh, lid change here in the uh, Sports Cage Octagon here for the third hour to my Yard Kings landscaping hat in honor of our Where Are They Now? Uh, free plug. Tell us about Yard Kings. Right on, Kellen. I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, my best friend, Kate Olson, and I, we in the summertime, we, we, we do uh, landscaping work in the city uh we're called the yard kings um if you want your yard treated like royalty you know who to call uh we do pretty much anything uh sod sprinklers retaining walls patios you know um and just a couple of good hard-working sasky boys to to work on your stuff big tarps big big tarps off guys what's that big tarps off guys in the summer no, no, we're all professional. Tarps stay on. Our uh, Yard Kings hats, uh, <laughs> nice and sweaty by the end of the day, but they stay on. I I felt like I had to had to bring it up as you know as you know the two of us collaborated on to one of the greatest Regina Pats marketing initiatives of all time, the Connor Hobbs pulled pork in 2017. Uh, talk about the movie contracts and offers that came in for you uh, after that appearance. Yeah, no, uh, that's funny you bring that up. I, I was talking about the, the pulled pork sandwich uh, promotion with somebody the other day. Um, little known fact, uh, Dawson Leadall comes in. I'm not sure. Uh, he comes in about halfway through and, and hammers some of that pulled pork sandwich. But neither of us saw a cent. You know, I'm sure we sold thousands <laughs> of pulled pork sandwiches for uh, Evraz and Brandt and uh, – I haven't seen a dollar of that, um, so I guess this is just a public uh, call for some of that now that I'm in school. 
It's funny, Connor, and, and as you know, I was uh, in the American League and went to some uh, marketing meetings when I was with the Pats, uh, and I laughed because as you graduated from the Pats and were moving on into Washington's organization and Hershey, the uh, marketing staff there were talking about how excited they were to get this Connor Hobbs there uh, and all the things that he could do to promote the team and promote things and how much personality he had, and they showed the... Uh, Regina Pats pulled pork video as part of the American Hockey League idea conference and I had to sit in the back and laugh that you know the two of us had collaborated on that and it was probably the the best thing that we had done during that time so a lot of fond memories of your time with the Pats Uh, eat your heart out Adam Brooks and Sam Steele Connor Hobbs is my favorite Pat of all time and always will be Um, and I'm like a brother to me so you know I'm, I'm super proud of what you've become and and super Aww. happy to see you uh, succeeding uh, in your in your journey look at you guys well i appreciate that Callan. i really do um when it comes to uh, to staff members on a hockey team you're top notch always wear out there in regina we had a pretty special group we've talked about that a lot um and i didn't know that about uh, the favorite player there i hope Brooksy's tuning in right now. He probably got a box of tissues crying about it, but <laughs> that's all right. I'll take that and run with it. <laughs> uh, hey, last question for you. And, and when you look back on your on your Pat's career and, and you guys had that heck of a run and everything, is there is there one game, is there one moment, is there one road trip that, that stands out that you always go back to, like, you know, and listen to Kenny Chesney maybe and uh, have, a, have an 016? <laughs> um... That's a tough question. Um, I would say that our uh, our playoff series with uh, with Seattle, even though we lost um, in my last year, that was pretty fun. I mean, it's hard to compare with. It's hard to compete memories with yeah. that with hockey. You know, you're going to war with those guys, um, traveling across the across the continent, really, and um, you know, it was just. It was so fun. We felt like big wigs were hopping on a plane together. Um, <laughs> and it was just, yeah, that, it's hard to compare with that one. Although it's yeah. a little bit of a bittersweet memory losing there in the uh, in game six. But yeah. um, that would be probably my best patch memory. Yeah. Well, hey, if you played for the Round Lake Bears, you could hop on a plane and go play senior hockey. But that's a story for another time. Connor, good luck tonight for the Winyard Monarchs. And thanks so much for joining us on Where Are They Now? Right on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Right on. Connor Hobbs, good guy. Uh, really good. Nice interview. Probably could have, like you said, how, you said we could probably go 15 minutes with him. I could go unlimited time with with Connor Hobbs. I have all I have all the time in the world for that guy. And um, you know, I I alluded to it there in chatting with him, but just what he has done over the last year and a half to just sort yeah. of come back from the dark things he talked about in his hockey career, yeah. and uh, just sort of succeeding at life. <laughs> Thanks so much for hopping in today, Kellen Enslav. What a show we had. Uh, Dante DiCaria, join us. Trevor Weir, the dugout baseball facility opening in Regina. Donnie Oren, the new owner of Extreme Hockey and Sport. Kenny Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Farhan Lalji, and of course, as you just heard, Connor Hobbs. Thank you so much to everyone who messaged in the Capital Ford Lincoln text line uh, to get those tickets to Tuesday, March 3rd. And we are going to say our winner, we're back. Brandon McGuire's back tomorrow. Listen, he's got more to give away. And then I'm live at the Briar on Friday. 
Friday. So I want to give some away there too. Thank you so much for everyone and, and your stories. You were great. The winner, Scott Fulton. He is winning two tickets to Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Thanks to everyone. It was a pleasure. Talk to you guys again Friday. I'm out.